I tell the story, and you make choices in the story. Could he change her to good? Hmm. Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. I am the word. Speak, or I shall smite thee with my mighty blade. Smite thee with my mighty blade? Shut up. You are magic, mere illusion. I am science, logic, and the truth. Just put me in the stupid game now. I can cast any of these, right? On the list? Yes. Alrighty. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to Jenga? No, no. This is a role-playing game. It takes place entirely in our collective imagination. <laughs> I am victorious. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Masters of Adventure podcast. My name is Nick Burnham, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Tom Lichty. How's it going? Aw, lovely. <laughs> it's going to be a recurring theme now. So uh, flattering. <laughs> I try. But uh, it's been, what, like five weeks since we recorded last? So we're, we're basically while, on man. schedule. Yeah. We got, we got some crazy lives. Mm-hmm. Well, mostly, I don't know. You no, be I've been busy, too. <laughs> okay. Recently. <laughs> I just feel bad because I'm always so, like, yeah. just always, in, I don't know how people do it. I guess they mm-hmm. have better scheduling than I do. Well, you're trying to. I mean, too much Netflix, probably. (laughs) (laughs) What are you watching on Netflix? Oh gosh, what did we just watch? We just watched. I we got like a season into it because I always give everything one season, which I shouldn't because it's a huge waste of time if you don't like it. But we started watching show like How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, I like that show actually. I know, and first season. Well, I don't like the show, but I can't stop watching. Yeah, it's. It's well made because exactly. all they do is they take the story and they have a, a clear beginning, a clear ending, yep. and then they just jumble it all up. And they're like, exactly. instead of going one, two, three, four, five, they go two, one, three. Yeah. And then I'm like, it's like bad storytelling, but it is compelling because it you're like, you I, well, I have to keep watching. Exactly. <laughs> <know> what happens? <laughs> yeah. Cat was gone for like two weeks in Nova Scotia, and I just binged <clears throat> that show. For the first time, so <laughs> like, oh, just tell me what's happening. Yeah, because <laughs> they just keep like, it's just a bunch of people screaming over a body, and then everyone's yeah. happy. It's like three weeks earlier, and you're like, no, go back. No, who killed <laughs> this? I don't even care. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't even care about anyone. I yep. just want to know what's happening. Yeah. Anyway, so it's probably, but we're done with that. So now I can stop watching Netflix for a while. There you go. Um, and. Uh, what else? We haven't played uh, an RPG in a while either. I think because we've been busy and people have been playing more Overwatch than D and D lately in our friend circle on Slack. That is true. But, uh, that, Brett, that's... Brett, all Brett wants to do is play. <laughs> he's always down. Every time somebody says RPG, I know. Brett comes out of the work and he's like, "Got his elf what are we playing? Go. What are we playing, guys?" <laughs> he's a trooper. Um, but I definitely want to play when the Pillars of Eternity tabletop rpg mm. finally comes out soon please um, yes that sounds awesome and uh so in regards to pillars of eternity i guess we'll go into what we've been doing over the past five weeks other than watching how to get away with murder but uh, <laughs> i've been um i started streaming on twitch like more semi-regularly regularly uh and if you want to catch me i'm on twitch.tv slash nostalgic one uh i'm streaming monday wednesday Friday and Saturday nights, and the, um, usually I'm going to be streaming Pillars of Eternity and Deadfire when Deadfire comes out. I guess by the time maybe you guys listen to this, Deadfire will be out, or it'll be out in a few days. Um, 
so uh, that's been really fun, and I've gotten you know a few of my friends in there uh, most days that I've been streaming, and I want to make that a regular thing and uh, try to get affiliate status at least. So maybe some people will throw me their Amazon subs at least. Please do. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Um, so yeah, you guys can follow me on, on Twitch and watch me there if you're interested. I like um, your rules section that just says. Be respectful. <laughs> That's like the all-encompassing rule that just covers everything. And uh, I mean, don't bad ones. Just come on. Yeah, I need to add some more. Like, be respectful and don't be a dick are like the two major rules that everybody should just follow. And then Twitch would be a happy place all the time. Be um, excellent to one another. Yeah, <laughs> as, as uh, George Carlin said. Um, that's good. Uh, what else have you been up to, Overwatch? Uh, yeah, being real bad at Overwatch, I'm just a, I, I think I had a tweet about it where my Overwatch career is moments of brilliance followed by catastrophic failure. Like, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> every other match is, like, people going, wow, this is the best guy I've ever seen. And then the next match, wow, this is the worst person I've ever played with. I'm assuming that's what all <laughs> my team has to say. But I just live for those good times and forget the bad ones, so that's yeah. how you should live your whole life. Um I've been watching. I'm trying to hop into your stream as much as possible. I want you to be affiliated so I can ride on your coattails to success. <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for watching. You know, yeah, when sh- are, when are you doing your big long stream? Because uh, if I'm at work, I'll just pop it up in the back and watch. Yeah, so tomorrow's my birthday, and I have my I took the day off, so I think I'm gonna just stream most of the day tomorrow. And yep. we are. I'll uh, be there with you. There you go. Sweet. I'll be watching. Um, that's exciting, and. Uh, I think we're just gonna play Pillars of Eternity all day because I'm like at the very end of the game and there's still a lot to do. But um, I want to get that wrapped up soon and get into the DLC at least, at least one of them. Um, what else? Uh, what else have you been playing? So other other than Overwatch, um, I jumped into Witchwood for Hearthstone, kind of maybe against my better judgment. But it looked like there was some, <laughs> definitely against your better judgment. Yeah. Looks like there are some interesting things going on, and I did. I like what they did with Monster Hunt, where it's like a version of the Dungeon Run, but better. Um, and I like some of the new cards actually so far. So uh, I don't and know. It's I'm- thinking impossible. I cannot beat the. <laughs> okay, I I beat the thief one. The remember Tess? Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, I beat Tess first round because I I accidentally got the pirate guy to mill his um, Kingsbane. Nice. And I was like, and then there's he just can't do anything. Yeah, else. he just can't he has no other weapons. There's nothing in there, so I was like, okay. And then I finally beat the um, uh, Oregon guys, the Cannoneer. Oh. I don't know how I beat that one. Okay. I just somehow did it. And now I can't. I, I got. I, can't, I can always get to the end on the Huntmaster, but my deck is mm-hmm. terrible, and that. It's like the person's immune or something all the time. And I just can't... I can't even get, like, that's the second boss on the wizard girl. Really? She's so... I just can't build a deck that's good. Everything's so, like, RNG-based. Yeah. And I'm like, I get a bad RNG and hit the hero powder and start the turnover. And then it's worse the second time. Right. <laughs> like, okay, I quit. I'm just done. I watched uh, a bit of Kriparian's run on... With, uh, what's her name? Like, Tina or something? And, um, yeah, that looks... That looks hard. It's like playing, but it is like playing a tempo mage with a redo button, which is kind of cool. Um, it is. Uh, I haven't tried any of the other heroes except for Tess yet, so I'm excited to get into those. And uh, other than that, I did try a little bit of Magic Arena. 
it's in closed beta right now, but I, I got a beta key just, but you can, I'm sure they'll give most people a beta key just by signing up. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a lot better than duels so far, and I, I think oh, if they add good. some more features and like a real progression system like Hearthstone has, I think it'll be really good. It's like production values are not as good as Hearthstone, but it's, I mean, it's getting there, and they, uh, the new like physical card set just came out return to dominaria and they also added that to magic arena like two days ago or something so it seems like they're going to keep that pretty current and consistent which is good because historically magic online has it's taken like months uh for a new set like physical set to get into the digital game um mm-hmm. so that's cool and um what else i i read snow crash because of ready player one and i heard like Snow Crash was just like what Ready Player One was based off of, and it was a much like better cyberpunk novel. And I, I agree, it, it is. It's really good. Um, I think if you're into cyberpunk at all, um, like or like Shadowrun type stuff, um, <laughs> it's it's really funny. And uh, and Tommy, you read it, right? Yeah, so, I love that book. Yeah. Delivering pizzas for the mafia. It's so good. <laughs> um, I really. My favorite part of that book is like it's pretty early on, but they're talking yeah. about how. Like the OG people in the uh, like virtual reality space have like those personalized avatars, and mm-hmm. then like as it got more popular, more people came in. Uh, oh yeah! But they're talking about how like all these OG guys have like they have like Matrix style looks going on because they just wanted to look cool, and everyone else looks kind of normal. But then they talk about how you can buy an avatar like ten bucks at Walmart, so you'll see like these really yeah. okay like dressed people, and then you'll see Brian's. some like <laughs> pixelated people <laughs> walking around. <laughs> With like the same faces, just I'm like based based on my computer and how crappy <laughs> it is, I would probably be just a random excited yeah. guy walking around in the background. It's like the people that just have eggs on Twitter, or exactly, um, <laughs> exactly. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I really hope I like. I think they're making a TV series out of out of that book, and I really hope they do a movie someday. Um, and then lastly, I was, uh, I'm still watching Matt Koval's streams, and he started streaming NetHack, which is a really old roguelike that's been going on for, you know, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. Um, and uh, it's actually really interesting to watch. Uh, it's kind of like, I mean, it is sort of like based on D&D, because like a lot of old PC RPGs and roguelikes are based on D&D rules. Um and uh, you're just going through a dungeon with a bunch of ASCII characters, and uh, you have to you have a pet, and you have to be careful about what things you pick up because a lot of things are cursed, and uh, <laughs> you're going through fighting monsters, getting treasure. There's like a level of just like dwarves and gnomes in their caves. I haven't gotten very far in the game yet, but uh, it's pretty fun to watch. Actually, uh, I was surprised. <clears throat> And then he's also been doing, like, writing and design streams for the Kickstarter, um, which I haven't tuned into too much, but um, if you want to see, like, how uh, stuff like this is actually made, you can just tune into him and watch him, like, write and come up with ideas on the fly. And he's not really interacting... uh, He's not really really taking ideas from chat at all. He's just, like, coming up with his own stuff and explaining his decisions, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, And, uh... Anything else uh, you want to talk about that you've been up to? Man, let me tell you what. I need to catch up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> because 
the new Avengers just came out, and I'm like nine movies behind on things, and I just <laughs> don't even want to go see it because I'm going to be so confused. Oh, man. Which what was the last one you I saw? I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I need to see okay. Thor. I, I am told I need to see Black Panther and Thor yep. to like truly get everything because so much happens in those that would be strange to see in the <laughs> new movie. You have to at so least to see least like Ragnarok, I think. Yeah, Ragnarok and yeah. Black Panther I need to watch before. Yeah. So I'll try to sneak those in at some point. But you've seen, but, like, but, Iron Man and... Yeah, I'm... I've seen, like, everything else. But oh, just, okay. I'm not, like, caught up. And yeah. I need to get caught up because everyone's... Okay. I'm, I'm going to get it. It's going to get spoiled for me, I just know. <laughs> so, yeah, if it hasn't been already. Uh, exactly. I'm just, like, trying not to... Everybody's complaining about that them. on Twitter and everywhere else. I know. Else. <laughs> I'm crazy. Um, I started a portfolio... A writing portfolio. Yeah, I saw that. And I had to get a new Twitter because I was applying for a job, and <laughs> I didn't want to put Tominating on my resume. So it's now just Tom Lickby. Boring old plain Jane Tom That's kind of sad. But... I know it is, but I, you got to look forward. Gotta, yeah. That's what the people want. So <laughs> uh, I think I have that pinned on my Twitter if anyone wants to check it out. There's currently yeah. nothing on there because I'm desperately trying to meticulously edit something mm-hmm. because I don't want to put something terrible if it's my first time and people go, oh, look at all these errors. <laughs> and I'll just get sad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my wife and I are actually going on our honeymoon soon to Europe. For like wow, that's awesome. A long time in May, so I'm hoping to be inspired in Europe. That's great. Where all are you going? Uh, we are going to uh, Iceland. Nice. Um, Ireland, England, Italy and France, just nice. jet, jet setting all over. But I'm gonna look at castles and paintings and get mad inspired. Yeah, you are. And come back hungry for <laughs> uh, adventure design. So I'm excited. That's awesome. Um, I think the last thing is I've also since Hearthstone <laughs> new expansion came out, I've been playing that. I actually had a. I got on Twitter and saw that a professional Hearthstone players liked my uh, my one deck I've ever made. That's not terrible. Really, Every deck I've ever made has been pure pure this garbage. Is- you're a control <laughs> hunter type thing, right? Yeah, I made I, the unicorn hu- control hunter. I've I finally <laughs> made it. I'm gonna fill your deck list now. That's cool. Yeah, it's garbage, but very fun. <laughs> if you can pull it off, with mm-hmm. it has some consistency. But if you're like, if you can make it to turn eight, you usually are able to like put down this like six six body that pulls out like a six fifteen taunt giant oh, bear. Okay, it's just. It's just bears. It's just a whole deck. That sounds great. Giant bears. <laughs> it sounds and a lot like they, uh, um, uh, they updated the Rexar, the Deathstarker Rexar hero power, so it has all the new um, uh, beasts in it. Because there's this controversy oh. in the last expansion because they didn't update the beast pool, and everyone's like, "Well, mm-hmm. this is a dead card." So they updated it now, so you can like. There's this one combination where you can make like a six mana, life steal rush 6-4 that like deals <laughs> 3 damage and heals you so you can like finally heal yourself as a hunter by just crafting crazy beasts oh that's just, cool <laughs> just craft some and I think I played like a paladin that had like a whole board of 3-3s three mm-hmm. and I crafted this beast that was like poisonous <laughs> and dealt 2 damage to all of them and had taunt so he wow. had to kill it and then I just blew up the whole board and then this guy messaged me afterwards and he's like what is that what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome like, control hunter baby yeah that sounds a lot like uh taunt druid uh like the current version of taunt druid actually oh which is broken and sad yeah 
It's too good. It's like that and Paladin is at like tier one, right? It's like four Paladin decks or something. I did beat it. I beat two tier one Paladin decks though, but they were also nice. piloted by like rank twenty one people. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I'm playing with I'm playing scrub lords right now. So it's fun though down there. Right? It is. I don't ever want to get better. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be the guy that keeps you everyone from getting into rank 20. Yes, the gatekeeper of Hearthstone. Sit there forever. You gotta, you gotta get by my bears first. My mini bears. <laughs> Got like 20 bears in here. You're like the monster hunt boss of of just bears. That's good. It's just, <laughs> just guy with bears. <laughs> Inexplicable amounts of bears. Yes. What's uh, what's going on in the news, Nick? Yeah, uh, since we covered a little bit of Hearthstone and stuff, but uh, otherwise, um, I saw that the new version of Vampire the Masquerade, which I think is also the fifth edition of that game, uh, pre-orders are live now. I think that game is coming out in like August or something. Um, I haven't looked into it much, but I thought I would mention that here so you can look that up. Um, what else? There's a deal on Drive-Thru RPG right now for the Mar- the uh, Morden Kanan's Marvelous Bundle, which is a tie-in for the new... Uh, Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes book, I think that's the title, right? Um, yeah. Which has some has some cool stuff in there. There's like Expedition to Castle Raven or uh, Castle Greyhawk in there from Third Edition. Um, there's some other interesting stuff that I thought uh, you guys might want to check out. I think that's thirty dollars, and it's normally like over sixty. Uh, like I said, Pillars of Eternity Two Dead Fire comes out on May eighth, which uh, is looking really awesome. Um, so I'm not going to say too much more about that. And then uh, I'm glad you put this on here because I, I totally forgot about it. International Tabletop Day was on the 28th, uh, which is which was Monday. Or was sorry, that 28th? was last month. Um, uh, it Saturday. Was Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I missed it again. I miss it every year. Yeah, me too. I'm always busy. The only thing I ever go out for is uh, free RPG day because that's when all the free adventures go out and then I can just pick them up and leave. <laughs> I really think that I'm going to, wherever I'm at next year, mm-hmm. I think I'm really going to try to commit to getting that April 28th off and mm-hmm. running and volunteering to run a game at some game store. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think yeah. I want to just, I think I want to commit to doing that because I like the, because um, a lot of it is, a lot of like, game stores will do, um, like Geek and Sundry uh, teamed up with Charity Water uh, that like gets clean water to people in uh, third world countries, and I know okay. that a lot of places do that. So, I mean, if I could lend my my DMing talents to something good, that would make me feel good. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, think I think that's think a good I'm way to get your foot that. in the door with like organized play and stuff, too, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, man, I've been. We haven't played like online in a while and then like i've been missing that but like i know that playing in person is usually just better um so i've been like slowly like working up the courage to go back to a game store and like play an adventures league or something but it's always like a hit and miss experience you know constant game store anxiety yeah me too. I, I feel like they're not gonna think i'm nerdy enough <laughs> which is I a weird thing that. for us to think i think i know i went but, into that one in iowa city and yeah. uh and they they kind of just like it didn't even talk to me or anything. Yeah. Because I think, I think, I don't know what they thought, but I was like, I wanted the jet. <laughs> I don't know. I felt bad. Yeah. Don't do that. If you run a game store and a guy walks in and he looks like a, I don't know, typical person. Mm-hmm. Probably, mm-hmm. He's probably real nerdy. He knows, he knows the difference between a wyvern and a dragon. Yeah. 
I do. I had to bore my <laughs> in-laws with that information because they <laughs> jokingly asked me if I knew a lot about dragons. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, tell us. And then I basically just recited the uh, third edition <laughs> dragon Omicron to them. Amazing. <laughs> and they're like, I didn't know that there was that much to know. Yeah. I'm like, "There's, I, I can keep going. Yeah. There's a whole book on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think... And I haven't been to a lot of game stores recently, but I think there is they can have this exclusionary air about them still that makes it really like uninviting, even for like the target audience, which is weird. Unless you have like a group of people that are going with you, so maybe that's like the hidden like pro strat is to take your friends, um, bring a party. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you must gather your party before venturing forth. So, um, yeah, I think we should we should both try and do that at our local game stores. That would be good. Um, and then uh, last remind th- me, remind yeah. me. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll remind you as soon as you get back from Europe. You know. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'll just put it in my calendar right here. <laughs> go to game store. Go play D and D. Um. Last thing I, I mentioned last podcast that Robert Yang has been doing his like level design series on Radiator Yang channel on YouTube, um, and he started playing through one of my favorite games, which is Thief one uh or thief the dark project um and uh he's kind of struggling through it because it's a harder game and it's an older game and it's kind of clunky but man i love that game to death and it's like one of the games that i think made me like playing rogues in D &D so much because it's like the game that really makes you feel sneaky and stealthy and uh invading spaces like you're you're like not supposed to be there at all Uh, it does that Mm -hmm. extremely well um, so Thief One and Two, especially, I would I would recommend to people, um, with kind of a grain of salt that they are like uh, with the one caveat that they are they're they're old games now and they're hard to get used to at first. Two Two is still pretty good. I know yeah. I I struggled through one, <laughs> um, but Two I like Two had a good arsenal that I think yeah. keeps things fresh. Like you had like your trick arrows, like your mm. water arrow to put out torches, and you're like whistle arrow to like make people go a certain way i yeah i think what i like most about those games is like you're not supposed to kill anyone and that's like yeah that's not a way to play like you're not supposed to do that it's not like when you play uh um oh what is the game where you like have like dishonored yeah, yeah it's not like either kill everyone or don't it's like don't kill exactly <laughs> it's like just don't do it yeah and, and dis- i think that, that added a level of challenge really like stuck with me and it, I, yeah. and when i played rogues i think you dm'd me once where i played a rogue that just mm-hmm. had no combat abilities oh really <laughs> just, i was just all skills that's awesome <laughs> and i was just like talking my way out of stuff because i was like i have like a five strength and no dexterity <laughs> yeah just gonna talk to everybody. yeah i like i agree because dishonored you can totally like cheese your way through that game with all the like abilities uh like assassination abilities and it's much i think it's much more interesting to have the entire game designed around like garrett being a really bad at fighting things and so you pretty much have to avoid combat with anything like with any encounter more than one enemy because they will just usually garrett dies pretty quickly which is i i think like healthily realistic because honestly if you know i mean Historically, there are very few people who could probably take on more than one person in mm-hmm. one-on-one, like exactly. one-on-one combat. So I kind of like that a lot. Especially this guy in like robes and basically no armor, and he's like specialized in like hiding in shadows and really nothing else. He shoots a bow pretty exactly. well, but yeah. 
Um, okay, let's get into the meat here. Uh, we're going to talk about Die Back and Die, book two. Book two! <laughs> the Citadel, Cavidius, which apparently is in Ravenloft. I don't know. That doesn't really matter that we're in Ravenloft now that I've, I've read it. Like, Yeah, I think there's one point where they're like, technically you can leave <laughs> if you want. <laughs> right. Only if your DM owns both guard the yeah, yeah. planes of dread for later yeah. raven left it'd something. be really weird if you did like a side adventure at this point though i think like if it you left the giant skull town and we're like let's go kill strahd i don't know um <laughs> while vesna is over here <laughs> <laughs> i mean i wouldn't i don't know if i'd blame people for thinking that going through this is boring but uh if you can survive i don't i don't know we really i would really have to play it to to know for sure um yeah to really figure it out yeah and i'm gonna be totally honest again like neither of us have read this word word for word through the entire thing because it is so long um we've skimmed over the basics here and gotten like the main points down i, I think but we could definitely have missed something along the way um mm-hmm. but uh i think I, a, a, a big thing is, is because it's 60 pages for a system neither of us have ever played yeah <laughs> so, we're trying to get the gist of it kind of exactly and it's again it's really hard to read all of these dungeon rooms uh because they get they just kind of blur into each other and uh they're not all that interesting to talk about on an individual level um like maybe they are if we did like a super in-deep analysis about this stuff but uh i don't know how many like how much people are really going to get out of that um so we arrive uh by portal right at, mm-hmm. at this one corner of the map uh which I, uh, this map i really like because it shows a top-down view and it shows a side view just in case you were wondering this is a giant skull and there are tombstones leading to the main gate um with giant eye sockets and the town is actually built on top of this giant skull hill thing in in ravenloft um and the party it's very spooky <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're in Ravenloft. It's this is the spooky chapter. Uh, the party appears in this random corner in the south part uh, of the map, in, inside the city walls, kind of next to this drainage ditch, which is here for some reason. Um, and uh, from here, like, where would you? Where do you think the party goes? Uh, there's like some welcome party, right? That attacks. Yeah, well, them. like <clears throat> where it starts. I kind of didn't. Okay, I didn't super love the beginning because mm-hmm. the whole thing is a very. It's very negative towards the players. Yeah. It says if you try to do this, it fails. If you try to use divination, it fails. If you try to use teleportation or teleportation, it fails. Yeah. If you try to use a magical item, it fails. And it's like okay, I feel like the first thing you do because it, it kind of starts you in this. Uh, it says uh, as the heroes enter the portal, they find themselves surrounded by swirling mists of brilliant colors. So you're in this like weird thing. So the first thing you probably do is try to do everything, and then the whole yeah. time as a DM you're just going, nope, nope, I'm nope. sorry. And then it's like if you try to examine anything, dissolves, doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, this is lame. So I thought um, I would maybe have made a list of things that players might do, kind of like how. Uh, kind of like what Gygax does in the um, Tomb of Horrors, where he says, if a player tries this, this happens. So they said, if a player tries to scry into which of these three openings is the right one, a demon comes out of nowhere and attacks them. Yeah. So I thought, like, if they tried to do a certain teleportation thing, it would take them, instead of where they wanted to go, to a predetermined location. Right. So, like, every type of... So Vecna, in his brilliance, uh, if anybody tries to do anything, it will always 
go in my favor. So teleporting mm-hmm. will always take him to this prison cell. Scrying will always have this outcome, blah, blah, blah. Instead of just saying, it fails, it fails, it fails. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually you run into some things called minor deaths <laughs> in this weird, and they're just like, I don't get that. Reapers. That name is very strange to me. They're just like, yeah. Because they basically are just like the figure of death in these robes with scythe arms, and there's one for each party member. And like, as soon as you arrive in this place, you're in these swirling mists, and you make a save versus paralyzation at, at the very beginning, and then you see these minor deaths, and you make more saves. Um, and uh, then after you presumably kill these guys, uh, you're just in this like kind of gothic. I'm thinking like a Bloodborne type city setting, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it says, thus the party arrives in the darkest corner of the Demi Plane of Dread. And yeah, this is a. The Demi Plane of Dread is technically the Ravenloft setting. This is like the dark corner of the universe. Um, and uh, to get into the actual, like, palace, like you were saying, like a lot of your spells don't work. Um, you can't, like, teleport anywhere. You can't do planar or astral travel or anything. Um, so the designers, like, they recognize that the parties have all the... That the party members have probably some, like, superhuman abilities at this point. But in order to get the party to go where they want, like, they have to make all these restrictions. Which is kind of frustrating that they force the players to go through, like, the front door of Vecna's palace. Um, there's some things we have to do before we get there, too. But, uh... Yeah, I'm kind of annoyed at that too. Yeah, that was just that was a blaring thing. Also, they yeah. love having you roll for no reason because it says yeah. here if a minor death is defeated, it's jet black form bursts into one d six plus seven ravens. It's like what? <laughs> oh, I didn't like, roll. You out could just say five ravens. Or, I don't know. Yeah, or a, a murder of crows or something. Yeah, like it doesn't need to be. <laughs> it's yeah. like very. Specific. I'm just imagining that somebody is very rules intense and every time one of them dies he's like eight ravens (laughs) and then the whole party's like i wonder why that one was eight Mm, and that one was eleven that one was three is this a puzzle no it's just like some esoteric raven (laughs) roll thing it's just don't forget your raven roll yeah um but they have a thing here where they're talking about the demi plane of dread and it it, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where this quote was at because I thought it was very interesting. Oh, it says, <clears throat> uh, The goals and purposes of dark powers of the Demonflated Gen are unknown as they are, but only one thing remains consistent in their actions. At the heart of every domain brought into existence is a man, woman, or a creature who committed deeds of great evil. Uh, yeah. Each such ruler is at one or is at once powerful and powerless as the land around usually contains elements that brings the ruler great pleasure while at the same time forever uh denied that which the ruler most desires i think that that's Mm -hmm. like uh i mean it's telling of vecna because he kind of rules this little section and he's always hungry for something but never gets it but also i think that that's a cool idea for like some setting like that doesn't exist yet like a hell where um the ruler of it is just this like did you ever play demon souls yeah yeah Kind of like at the spoiler alert to anybody who's not listening. <laughs> at the end of Demon Souls, the final boss is just that little husk of a man, like a uh-huh. husk of a demon, and like it's it's pretty anticlimactic, but it's also like really poignant when you yeah. defeat it because you're like, oh, it was this great thing I was so afraid of, and it turned out to be just this like withering old thing. Yeah. I feel like that would be kind of a cool premise for like uh like a layer of hell in D&D where the 
ruler is like a facade and the real ruler is just this like man who's constantly being tortured or something but i think that plays in later and we'll talk about it when we get there but i just thought that was a cool that like is a really powerful piece of prose i wasn't expecting it made me think a lot (laughs) just randomly in here yeah there's there's some really good writing in here i think and sometimes it's a little bit like too flowery uh like at one point he compares like I use Invecna to chess pieces. I'm like, why are we doing this metaphor in the middle of this adventure? But um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, whatever. They also use the word austere, like yeah, times. <laughs> it's in here a lot. Yeah, it's like austere. <laughs> An austere room. The ceilings are austere. And I'm like, okay, so let's, <laughs> so let's find. Let's open a the thorith thesaurus here. <laughs> um, so, what else is interesting in here? Uh, we've established that the Citadel is, like, where Vecna is making his home um, on this demiplane. Uh, there's dark powers. They're, they go out of their way to say there's 10,000 humans and 5,000 undead here. I don't know if that means that there aren't other, like, kinds, like, races here. Because I think it did say humans. I think um, it's just humans. It's kind of um, strange. Because they talk about their, uh, them being slaves. and Okay. I think they were all from, like, one tribe of people, like, one civilization, like, an old civilization that spoke that weird language that everyone speaks. Oh. They were, like, the Flanese or something. That's cool. Yeah, so I think that they're, like, just an old, ancient, enslaved race of people. Um, okay. I like this, uh, also, I like this thing about the Demiplanet Dread that I, mm. I don't know why I never thought about this, because it instantly reminded me of a game I played before where just being in the demi planet dread incurs penalties and that's kind of like a uh yeah i don't know i i I think that's interesting because if you're not Mm -hmm. evil uh you like automatically take just a minus you basically just take a minus one on saving throws while you're in the demi planet dread but then like third level divination spells automatically fail spells Mm -hmm. magical items that reveal alignment only work on the law chaos axis so you don't know who's good and who's evil so and paladins like live special abilities and summon monster only summons a certain type of monster Mm -hmm. it only summons like spiders scorpions um uh carrying crawlers so like creepy stuff uh and it reminded me of in the game guild wars prophecies there is a whole mission where you go through all these different facets of things and there's a constant you like there's like a global penalty happening and i think that that is a cool cool. idea i'm going to steal Mm -hmm. (laughs) for an adventure where you're going through like each layer of something has like a global penalty that you have to kind of like figure out how to get around like everyone's 50 pounds heavier or (laughs) just something weird like that everything is slippery for everything in here is slippery so you have to like i think that would be better for uh like an old school game like if we're playing sword and sorcery and like making people role play having like a super heavy character now or something but that's beside the point (laughs) sorry about the car um that's okay yeah yeah i agree and i think typically um if you read like the description of different planes in D and D, they usually have different benefits and, and penalties for different things. Like if you're in the plane of plane of fire, um, you can expect to have, I don't know, uh, oh, like drink yeah, water always, constantly. I think you have like uh, you always have empowered spell with fire spells, so they always do like oh, that's next cool. or something like that. Yeah, but. I think that that is a good idea, um, and it kind of reminds you where you are too, and it makes the players like mechanically it feels different playing in this space than like uh forgotten realms or you know your typical fantasy setting 
Um, exactly. So I, I think that atmosphere is hard to convey a lot of times, especially if you're yeah. in like a you're just like sitting in your friend's basement and you're all looking at a piece of paper. <laughs> like it's exactly. hard to convey that you're somewhere scary. <laughs> yeah. Now you're in the spooky zone, and exactly. I don't know how to convey that. Uh, we can turn the lights off. I guess. And all clerics are useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you chose Extra a lawful, spooky. if you chose lawful and uh, um, a class based around piety, then you're screwed now. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> spooky. Uh, that's the scariest thing to players is losing their characters. So there you go. Um, uh, and then we have some kind of random encounters with uh, half ogres and ogre warriors. Um, and I think they they generally are the people that tell you, like the NPCs that tell you about Ayus and where he's going. Um, and you somehow you the PCs will learn that they have to get to the Palace of Vecna, which is conveniently in the center of Cavidius. And there's there's three main ways that they detail about getting there. There's the rooftops, the streets, and the sewer levels. And there's different encounters along each route. Um, it sounds like they're not too different really or, or that interesting um, but uh, and I'm, I'm not to sure figure out what's going on in the why is there sewers <laughs> that was my first yeah. thought before I realized I keep forgetting there's humans or I'm like why do they have sewers in this undead place like mm-hmm. I don't feel like undead are going to the bathroom but <laughs> they also mentioned that there's like deep levels underneath the city but they don't describe them at all because they're like we don't assume that parties are going to go here but just in case there's places underneath the city that you can go to because this is a giant like skull shaped hill and I guess there's other levels but there's no reason to go there that I saw um, maybe yeah. if you're really curious about it but I would just like not mention to the party that there's other places to go other than this city um i guess you could insert like insert mega dungeon here if you want to um, exactly <laughs> so let's uh, take a break from saving the world and uh... <laughs> like go explore this other there could be go another demigod here you guys but <laughs> <laughs> there's always know. another demigod let me tell you yeah there, there's at least two here that we know of so um this Palace of Vecna is kind of an interesting place, but it's another massive dungeon similar to the temple that we already talked about in the last section. Uh, this palace is um, like four levels, and it's got the Black Tower as well to go through, and it, it sounds pretty cool, but we're not going to go through every room. Like like I said, we didn't read through everything in here. Um, it, and it would take <laughs> There's a lot forever. of it that is intentionally empty, though, and that's yeah. by like design choice because there needs to be a break, otherwise... Yeah. I, I don't know. You, we've talked about it before because that was one of uh, Gygax's principles for like designing dungeons was to you need to have empty rooms because mm-hmm. otherwise players will go into every room and they need to assume <laughs> some rooms are empty. That's and a good they, idea. Like, there's no reason that every room is always full of something at all times. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Happen. So. And I think there's the a reason for the emptiness. The temple was kind of written that way, where it was like this room has this thing, and this room has this totally different monster, and this room has objects that kill you. And uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So you're saying like maybe this palace is a little better about that and being. Uh, it seems yeah. like they constructed it kind of more realistically. Um. I mean, every palace has an entertainment level. Everyone I've been <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the first level is the public area. Second level is called... Um, oh, there's a first floor, too, called the Halls of, Halls of Learning. 
Uh, I didn't catch what the second level was called, but I did I did know that... Th- oh, second floor is the barracks. Third level is the entertainment center, <coughs> or the entertainment area, with, like, a pool <laughs> and a, a torture area, I guess. And um, all, the, all the things keep you busy through eternal life. You gotta get your yes. cardio in, then you gotta go torture some more. <laughs> um, and the fourth level is the temple, and then there's a black tower where Vecna is residing in, obviously. Um, so, uh, anything you want to say about uh, the first four levels before we get to the tower? Uh, let me see. Okay, yeah. the public halls, there was a few things in here. Okay, one was, okay, um, let me find it here. There's this awesome picture. It's probably one of the best yeah. pictures in here. Uh, and it's talking about the spider throne that's in the uh, public halls, I believe. I oh, there's one down yeah. here, too. Okay. Yeah, there's a spider throne in the public halls, and there's these two giant skeletons, and there's this just amazing picture of yeah. this like really small throne and you see the adventurers and then you see these skeletons holding swords they're like five times bigger than the party and they're looking mm-hmm. at them and then there's just this tiny like human sized throne <laughs> and these just That's reaching awesome. spider webs going up everywhere and they talk about how one of the initiations to become a finger of Vecna which are like the like religious police that are walking around outside in the public beating up the, the humans that are out there because um, right. you have to sit on that throne and sitting on the throne it, they describe it as like uh, uh, I believe they say that it's like touching a crystal ball with clairvoyant like perfect clairvoyance oh, that's and you cool. sit on the throne and make a saving throw versus death and then you are all at once you feel every sensory emotion um, physically and emotionally of every thing in this in the city and it like wow. makes you go insane because <laughs> it's like it's supposed to be like a spider sitting on its web and then feeling mm-hmm. all the vibrations and but it's like a you uh, sitting okay. on the web of the city but i think that that was an interesting tie to what they said earlier that i brought up about um i at the heart of the domain right into existence is a man woman or a creature who committed great evil deeds blah 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 but is simultaneously experiencing great pleasure and great pain and they say that you sit on the throne and you feel all of the people being tortured, but also like someone experiencing their first kiss or like eating something oh, wow. sweet. So I think that that's kind of like a throw, like a foreshadowing into that, mm-hmm. which I think I was like, wow, that was pretty well written. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like it's lost on players because it won't come out. They'll be like putzing around and somebody will sit on it and die or something. Yeah, like. most likely. <laughs> so it's, it's like just a treat for the DM, but. Man. I just thought that that was idle. I really like that idea of that throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that would be a good thing to like. I mean, honestly, if no one's ever played this, steal it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, it's, cool. it's way cool. The more that we go into this like massive adventure, the more I think like it's just like scrap it for parts and like don't yeah, run through the whole thing. Buy this and just do all the cool stuff in here. Yeah. Oh, I like the. Uh, they have there's four. Okay, they have the encounter tables, but. For some reason, in the encounters in Vecna's palace, uh, mm-hmm. that they they say that there's four special encounters: um, hunting, hunting the hunters, dancing queen, more dead than alive, and uh, the hand moving. And those are really cool. And it's a cool idea that you should throw onto your random tables. Like the first one is you run into a married couple who's about to be killed by some skeletons or something so you can assist them and they'll join you. Um, the second one is uh, a lich character that you actually run into later like levels up and you can try to like help them out i don't 
really recall what was happening there. It was kind of confusing. But anyway, uh, the best one was More Dead Than Alive, where it says uh, a character that the party knew at some point in a different adventure and died shows up as an undead here under the oh, cool. And you have to, like, kill them to set them free from eternal servitude or something. So it's, like, nice. sad. <laughs> That's a good trick. And then the fourth one is the moving hand, which is, um, like, a... Th- uh, like a weird hand construct that basically says, hey, if you want to skip all this, you can come with me and I'll take you right to the end. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. He gives you, and he's like, and we'll give you some sweet loot before you go in there. And then it gives you all the important magical items and takes wow. you right to the top. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, that's all I really had to say about the first like level. The rest of them were kind of funny. There's like one where there's, I, there's a mess hall where I'm assuming there's humans eating but i've just kept thinking of zombie chefs i don't know why <laughs> and i think if i was a necromancer i would definitely have all undead servants like a yeah. skeleton just standing there making soup for everybody definitely <laughs> but anyway uh this picture of the spider throne uh reminds me a lot of like the nexus and demon souls too with the yeah like the, the steep like uh, round like staircase here strangely giant staircases yeah. and the giant statues that it looks pretty similar to me it's funny yeah it is a good that's a good representation mm. um so then so how does this work structurally we're on the first floor and then we go or we're on the like ground floor and then we go onto the first floor or because yeah it's different. i think it's british <laughs> Where they're because um, in, oh, I see. in yeah British have ground their first floor is actually the the second the floor and they have floor. a ground floor and yeah. ours our first floor is their ground floor. right so okay the, yeah and then you go up the stairs and on I think yeah okay so you go up and then there's like a circular area where you yeah. can kind of walk around and there's chandeliers here the first okay so the first floor is the hall, halls of learning actually. Um, and we just went through the ground floor. Yeah, the um, public one is where, like, I think there's, like, random encounters where there's, like, mm-hmm. undead... Vampires. People, like, yeah, they're, I think they're... What are they doing? They're, like, officiating. They're, like, magistrates who are, like... Uh, I don't know. There's, like, squabbling people, and it says sometimes they just kill one party or both. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> nice. Terrible place to live. Anyway. I, I like that they mentioned earlier that, like, Vecna's best forces like his strongest forces are not actually here right now they're like off fighting somewhere else so like the yeah, things that you face here are just like the leftovers but they're still like really powerful um, exactly <laughs> that kind of freaked me out because yeah. i was reading some of their stat blocks i'm like oh geez yeah i mean vampires are scary <laughs> enough and death knights and you know whatever else um also i i didn't realize but uh i didn't know that i i use as a cambian which I didn't realize. Oh, I didn't know that either, That's actually. His, his race is, he's the offspring of a human and an incubus. Or That's succubus. cool. I like so cambians. Like, They're cool. Yeah, he's like part demon, so I didn't even realize that that was I his. didn't either. I, I was just cruising the wiki page and saw that, and I was like, uh, oh, that makes sense why he's so, like, strangely powerful. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Isn't, yeah, because I was kind of wondering about that. I'm like, this is just, like, he's just very ambitious or something. Yeah. <laughs> but he actually does have some, like, extra planner. He doesn't. Going on. He doesn't look very Cambian like in the picture of him fighting with Vecna at the end, but uh, he doesn't. But I'm just going off with the. I guess so. <laughs> I think that that's based on previous, um, like Vecna Reborn or something. 
uh, like a oh, different, yeah. they like one that happened before this, they bring him up. Because in this, it's just like, I use his cronies to yeah. win the day. <laughs> we're just supposed to know who that is, I guess. I mean, there were previous exactly. adventures leading up to this, too, so and that we haven't covered, so I'm sure that was mentioned, but... Um, uh, what, what's going on in this here uh, learning halls in, in the barracks area? So the learning halls, um, let me pull up the Halls map of here. learning. I've got, I got two maps pulled up here. Okay. Oh, I forgot to say that this whole place kind of, the way that the, uh, like, um, it's set up socially reminds me a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, I think Brian, Brian Sanderson, I think, um, has a book called Mistborn. Oh, Brandon Sanderson, um, yeah. Brandon Sanderson, there you yeah. go. Um, yeah, it reminded me of Mistborn, where you have like the like the like really lower level working class people are humans, and like the all the undead are like the lords and stuff walking around. So if you're mm. trying to get an idea of how you're supposed to play it out socially, I okay. recommend checking into that book because it's kind of that's I think that's the feel that this whole place has. But let me let me get a map learning halls nice. here. I know that they're all kind of circular. They're just like circular with rooms, but yeah, there's like a central circular area with chandeliers and like every floor almost, um, which is interesting. Uh, let's see. Okay, so learning halls. Oh, I like. Okay, the learning halls is cool because it has. How far does it go? I think it goes all the way to J. It has a uh, room fifteen, and then it goes fifteen A, B, C, all the way to oh, J. Yeah. Because it's all the different. It's the they call it the spell practice rooms. And they're kind of oh, funny. Cool. Like uh, these are like worth walking into because there's like evocation, illusion, enchantments, all the schools, and then the elemental ones as well. Um, but let me see if I can find the one mm-hmm. I liked. Uh, I think the elemental air room is you just walk <laughs> in and it's it's spotless because it's just really windy in there and there's just a bunch of broken skeletons because they can't stand up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like great. You get, like you blown over. Um, <laughs> The illusion one, a lot of this place is just full of zero-level humans who are being tortured constantly, which is a real bummer. Um, oh, the first, the ground level had a really terrible torture where it was like a gallows, but you'd instead of falling and breaking your neck, you just fell on a spike and died. Oh, and Jesus. I was like, oh, <laughs> goodness. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, the conjuration one, they said, was just a, a room filled with dried, stinking gore because if you try to summon <laughs> stuff in there, it just explodes. <laughs> Like Galaxy Quest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they <laughs> teleport that guy. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Abjuration, boring. It's just full of zombies. Elemental Earth, I'm pretty sure it was just a room with some rocks in it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's it. It's just some rocks. No other living beings, live or undead. Or no other beings, <laughs> live or undead, are present. Uh, necromancy, so it just smells. Just stinks. And there's some hands walking around. Crawling claws. Um, Evocation, I think, was just a bunch of burnt stuff. Yeah. Water, blah blah blah. Divination. Yeah, I, I don't. I think the best one is probably the wind because I'm just yeah. imagining skeletons reforming and then being blown over by some strange wind <laughs> all the time, forever. I'm kind of. I'm kind of surprised that there aren't like other effects happening inside the room. Like these are just literally just like practice rooms. Like like a. I'm thinking of like music practice rooms, but for spells, <laughs> where you just go Basically. in and do stuff. Um, Go and do some earth. Leave. Yeah, but if I was gonna do this, I would be like, well, the elemental air room has like air spells happening all the time and like buffeting different things and like, I don't know, like give these rooms some other like special features other than like just regular rooms where things have happened before. Yeah, but or like random stuff has ha- like the earth one is maybe the most anticlimactic. It's just yeah, 
there's rocks here. <laughs> and some zombies that have been beaten up by rocks. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, and then other than that, this this is where like the barrage of NPCs comes in. And there's so many. Yeah. There's so many of them. They're all named. Yeah. I just feel like I feel like the average party would have a hard time remembering all these people. Yeah. Like I'm and glad that they like, have like yeah. relationships and they're kind of rivals to the party, or like they're here for different reasons too. Mm-hmm. Um, but which, like, usually, like when I'm playing through Pillars of Eternity and I see and I see like a named PC with its own party, I'm like instantly like interested in like why they're here and do I have to kill them? And the answer is usually yes, but um, <laughs> it usually works. Yes. It's more interesting than just like seeing a random pack of like kobolds or something. Um, exactly. Um, and they've, uh, there's a few of them that I feel like might be... Uh, you'd really need to be an experienced DM to run some of this, because some of the times it says, this guy could be here or he could be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And depending on where he's at, kind of is a different part of, like, his... I don't know, his, like, quest line, I guess I would say. I don't really know okay. how else to put it. But, like, uh, Lord... Um, Harlan? Har- I don't know how to pronounce his name. Harlan? I think that's right. He's, like, a vampire. Oh, yeah chilling here but he could be somewhere else but he has something to do with one of those special random encounters you may have run into and if mm. you're together then something weird happened you may not even see him here he might be upstairs so i feel like you'd really need to take some time and make some notes and yeah. you almost need like a timetable or like a second uh, dm to bring these people in or something yeah like an assistant dm yeah <laughs> I think we should just run this for the Slack group and see how far they get, like how far they can get before they die. But that's not a bad idea. Yeah, know. I'll just run if you. I'll run all the people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'd be and kind like of be funny. them. I feel like they would just die if they went through a wrong portal at the beginning. But you know, maybe not. Oh, they do have a. Um, they have a refuel point here. Um, okay. That hunting the hunters uh, special encounter you can get you can actually it says that if you've lost any party members you can take on them and it gives them a personality which i thought was cool um nice. like it says one of them is like uh doesn't like to speak up but will take charge if needed and the other one i don't even remember but i thought it was just nice that they gave them a little like paragraph of how to play that character if you're gonna pick them up randomly mm-hmm. there's also a named vampire there are two named liches here uh, just kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't think that they're really. Brothers. I think they're just kind of hanging out, though. Honestly. Oh, okay. I think Vecna is like their boy, and then. That's oh yeah, it. you're right. Maybe they, they. I think they're just crashing at his pad. Honestly. See, I'm. <laughs> I'll have to read this more carefully because I'm confused about like which monsters are gonna like are dangerous for the party and which are just kind of hanging out here and like not gonna well, leave I you alone. It's but. like a. I think it's a trope that like. You've, I, that this is kind of challenging where like mm-hmm. even in the city since there's humans no one really actually bothers you yeah and there's a part where you it, it, it actually tricks the party into thinking that they're going to be in, where um if like the there's like a yeah. uh, well there's a there's a an undead cleric of Vecna who sees mm-hmm. the party and sees that they're human and they're like and sees that they're newcomers because they're like not sad and jaundicey and sick like everyone else <laughs> that lives there and they're like, uh, you need to worship Vecna. But he doesn't say, like, worship Vecna or die. But I think that oh, okay. it's a trick to get the party to attack them. And then, uh, like, you're in trouble. But really, it says if the party just ignores him or politely um, repeats him, then it's yeah. just like, he's just like, okay, well, think about it. <laughs> I tried. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. Try my hardest. That's, That's cool. all Vecna asked for. <laughs> 
so I think that oh, honestly most of the things in here um especially when it gets into the barracks like you'll walk in you'll see like a bunch of undead training mm-hmm. and they're not gonna they don't fight you right when you walk in there they look annoyed at you like hey, get out of here we're working <laughs> trying to do something I like that not every um, encounter is gonna be combat in here unless you unless you really want it to be I guess yeah unless you want to fight every single thing but I think that's why they have they have stat blocks for yeah, fight it but I think a lot of the they don't even want you to fight half the things that are here that's cool because um, I don't think the care I don't think the undead in here care Honestly, if you fight us, nice. we're gonna win. We're this is our you're yeah. in our place. So like, if everything in here attacks you at once, you have like no chance of getting out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that there's a lich in the library of yeah. the halls of learning. Who seriously? He I, it says here the lich believes that unwelcome invaders of Vecna's palace would never bother investigating a library. So he doesn't even think you're bad. He doesn't even think you're hostile. He's just like, oh, you guys like books? Me too. I'm a lich. <laughs> That's all I do. They don't even give <laughs> him a name. That's funny. Yeah, he's just in there reading books, and if you ask him where a book's at, he'll point you to it. <laughs> he's just wow. a, a, a helpful lich librarian. This is the, truly the floor of learning. Uh, it is. There's laboratories and sitting rooms here watch rooms uh the second floor is a bunch of barracks with officers quarters like pretty much like you would expect any barracks to look like in any video game um generic barracks <laughs> yeah generics uh private dining rooms uh there's an undead guardian in a crypt um whenever someone climbs the steps it emerges to block the path fixing its fiercely glowing red eyes upon the individual while clutching a holy symbol of vecna in one of its bony hands it says who is our lord and master and of course the correct answer is vecna uh if anyone gives the different answer everyone present present must make a saving throw versus spell those who fail are instantly teleported to one of the cells in area 34 which uh is this on the th- same floor uh, i think 34 I think. is the third floor oh okay so oh, it's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. torture torture entertainment place. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, it has a scarab of protection. I think that's kind of a nice gate to go to the next floor. Uh, this floor just seems silly, though. The entertainment level with... Uh, <laughs> it's very silly. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bath chamber, bed chambers. Um, I'm like, who's taking baths? And then I remember yeah. that there's... I have to keep remembering there's like human worshippers um, right. and like vampires that aren't super undead like people they're ju- not decaying people that just live here like and work here every day I guess um, like an electrician there's a guy yeah. who's clean, cleaning the chandeliers there's zombie janitors <laughs> um, but yeah if you if you answer that incorrectly I don't know how you would get that wrong but then you get teleported to the torture chamber um, which I think it's funny that the entertainment level has baths and torture rooms because of course like if you're lawful evil or chaotic evil whatever that's like what you do in your off time is like you torture people and take long baths I guess in the hot tub. Yeah I'm bored. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a target practice room. There are specters here and more vampires. More named NPCs. Um, I don't Did you see anything noteworthy in here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the torture chamber. Um, oh, are you still on floor three? Yeah, on, on three. Okay, yeah, let me see if I had anything else on that I thought was interesting. Because, um, no, mostly they... I think that this is really just kind of like a throwaway floor, almost. Yeah. I mean, there are there are things here. Like, you've got the sort of... You've got the, like, uh, um, development in... 
Oh, let's see which room this is. Um, the bed chambers where mm-hmm. you've got the sword of costs. Um, okay. Which is a weapon that can destroy Vecna, and he keeps it in his personal library or whatever, but that comes up. Um, there's actually, I mean, that I think the bedchamber has, like, the longest section of development and stuff. Yeah. Um, right. <clears throat> and it also has a couple demons in there, which are the first time that we see some demons. And I think it's a incubus slash succubus, depending yep. on the party. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, because, <laughs> well, depending on the party's sexual orientation. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's really, there's not a whole lot going on in the entertainment level. Okay. Or the or the barracks. Oh, right. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there we go. The floor, fourth floor is another temple area. Uh, there's a vampire pilgrim. Um, okay, let's get up to the fourth floor. Here. And I've got like, gotta get all my books in order here. <laughs> oh, there was a sphere of annihilation in Oh sure. really? That's right. That's I. I thought that was funny because anytime I see that, I highlight it. And I'm like, yeah. don't touch that. And it was just. A, it said it was to get rid of dead bodies that were <laughs> were, sta- were deemed unfit that makes for reanimation. <laughs> There's no other way so to dispose like, of them in the demi plane of dread. I can. Yeah, so I'm just check them in there. Yeah. yeah. But it reminds me of when Minecraft first came out, and you wanted to get rid of stuff. You just put a little square of lava there right. and chucked everything. <laughs> I totally remember doing that. That's funny. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of. Where they're like, well. I think we have this magical sphere. You can't have this line of... around. So. <laughs> um, anything on the temple level? There's this nice. Okay, the temple level is like. There's so many renumbered rooms because they're all the same yeah. thing. This is all 46. This is weird. It's like all 46, 47, 48. Mm-hmm. It like only hops up like. I think like seven characters. So it's just all. These are, like, the living quarters for the actual worshippers. Um, yeah, and there's, like, not a whole lot going on. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's, like, two there's paragraphs. A, yeah, there's a... I think the biggest thing are the... Um, the shrines of mm. lawful evil, neutral evil, and... Uh, chaotic? Chaotic evil. Yep, there it is. Yeah, let me find those here. There is a lot of text here. Wow. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I can't remember where it was at. Oh, I've even marked. I looked up the ring because I was like, I gotta know. I'm seeing there's giant this, constrictor snakes. And that looks there's interesting. A, I think it's in the last level. There's a cursed ring, and it's the best ring I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like it has a secondary power, and you roll for it. D hundred. It can be flying, invisibility, levitation, shocking, grasp, spell turning, or strength. Wow. So you get that ring, but it's actually a cursed ring, and it's called the Ring of Contrariness. And it says this magical ring is cursed, making its wearer unable to agree with any idea, statement, or action. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my D and D group. Exactly. It just makes you completely <laughs> unagreeable at all junctures. That's you hilarious. don't agree with anything, and I think that that is very funny. <laughs> and I think it was just like some random ring that you find on the ground, and you put it on, you're like, "Whoa, I'm invisible." Also, I don't agree with anything. <laughs> It turns you into a Twitter troll. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. There's a living wall. Gotta love those. Um, Oh, man. I wish I could find this. Oh, here we go. Um, There is a... Let me find this here. Scene 1, Stone Guardian. Gosh, I'm trying to figure out which room this is. This map is 
Intense. Yeah. Empty quarters. I think it's the lot fully will shine that has it, which is forty. Yeah. So if you number forty nine has this uh, this long scene of like yeah. a handsome young wizard uh, with a with snakes, snakes cast a spell that causes an elderly man and ordinate black male to writhe in pain before him. So it's like this it's a long story um, of I think it's where the sort of cost came from oh that's cool yeah because it talks yeah, about cost that. that bloody handed Vecna's most infinite so I think it was about like him being uh, like about to betray him to kill him and that's mm-hmm. like the sword you pick up earlier it's right. like his his lieutenant's cursed sword it's the only thing that can kill him and he keeps oh. it nearby so it's like a hint on like because, like we've said, this is like the end of an era, so it's almost like mm-hmm. wrapping up all the Greyhawk lore. Exactly. <laughs> like coming to this point of like where Vecna came from. And it says um, there's one more panel and it's blank, so you got to fill in what happens with the Sword of Cots at the end, I guess. Basically, it's like what's the last part of the story? Because mm-hmm. it's like each scene is it's like its own little piece of the Greyhawk lore, and you're about to have the end piece. That's cool. So, yeah, I thought that that was really neat. Um, I don't imagine that many parties would want to sit through this. I think it would probably have been better to uh, up the art budget a little bit and just have five, eight handouts. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really nice to have pictures here. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I could just imagine reading this to someone and then being like, what yeah. happened in scene five? <laughs> now, add, ask one of your art, artist friends to draw out some cool paintings here. Um, maybe shorten them down to like three or four or something instead of like eight. Yeah, but I would definitely recommend that because that reminds me of a. It's like the handout in um, Sailors on a Starless Sea where it kind of yeah. gives what happened in the backstory. I love that handout. It's so cool. Just like a big mm-hmm. shrine of like people coming out of the water and the chaos lord standing over everyone. And it's like, I don't know. It, it really gives a good atmosphere to everything. But I was like disappointed that there was no handout for it. <laughs> Maybe there is somewhere. Yeah, not a lot of the pictures in here are super useful other than like setting the scene or the mood. Like the maps are really nice, obviously, but it's usually like pictures of like people fighting or monsters. Um, but it would have been nice to see more of like more things like the spider throne picture where it actually shows like establishing the scenery and stuff. Um, exactly. Would have been cool. Like this picture of Ayu's fighting Vecna is pretty sweet because it looks like uh, Re- Return of the Jedi, but um, to me anyway, with like the Emperor fighting Darth Vader or something. But uh, the rest could have been more helpful, I think, for especially for the players because uh, there is so much text. I know. But, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. Um, Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Okay, there we go. Ooh, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say about the temple level? Other than it's basically the same room repeated over it. No, yeah, other than the the living quarters, it sounds like this is one of the more interesting rooms with the, sh- uh, or floors with the, all the shrines. Um, so it's cool that we get some backstory there before we go, go to the next level, which is the tower access level, um, which mercifully only has, like, ten rooms here. But, um... <laughs> I just imagine panting getting to this like <laughs> there's a lot of stairs to get up here too I don't uh, make it stop <laughs> yeah I think you can teleport to an area that you can see inside the castle but the castle has no windows so you can't teleport from the outside you can but only get in from the bottom yeah but I guess if you're like looking up and maybe you can see another floor above you or something you can make it a little shorter um, I don't know 
the tower access, there's a lot of areas where you can look outside. Um, palace guards. There's like four levels of this tower. The, uh, the killer mimic jumped out at me because mimics by themselves are cool, and then it, it was like killer mimic as opposed to a regular <laughs> mimic. Um, Extra spooky. Did yeah. you see somebody posted a picture of a baby mimic today? And it was like a coin <laughs> oh, purse that's with cute. teeth. <laughs> That was funny. Nice. Um, did we get to the part where I, my favorite monster is? No, it's coming up. We're good. Okay. Um, there's the servants' quarters. Uh, there's this NPC named Innova. Uh, Innova, oh, there's that's Lich's lair. Yeah. Yeah, Innova is the. Uh, so at the beginning, there is the um, uh, four random encounters, and one mm -hmm. of them is about Innova, and she's like a girl. The, like playing a lute made out of a femur, like a human femur. Oh, cool! And she's got magic jar cast on her by um, a lich. Okay. And Anova and the lich is up here hanging out with a in the lich's quarters or whatever. But Anova's the girl that you could possibly run into before, and she like is with you. And, and magic jar switches their minds uh, between yes. their bodies. Okay, cool. I, I believe so. And then uh, I think it like I think it is kind of like a. Um, Oh, what is that called? Um, dang, I can't remember what it's called. Egyptian, oh, like a canopic jar. Like a canopic jar. Oh, like a, cool. When they, like, take your organs out, I think it, like, yeah. takes a, you, like, take a, it's, I think it's an undead or a necromancy spell. Which is funny because it always makes me think of, like, a pot, like, magic jars, a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I always think of one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you could run into her earlier, and then if you have her... Uh, when you run into that vampire on like the second level, he like wants to take her away, and then the mm -hmm. lich is like, "Hey, leave her alone." But um, I just see this is where one of those things where you need like a second. You almost need a second DM to help you run yeah. this because there's so many moving parts that you could screw up on accident. Definitely. Yeah, but um, anyway, I'm trying to figure out why there's a there's like, there's like I don't get how this place works. Like, how are they? <laughs> there's no like where are the like service elevators that like bring food up here right <laughs> yeah it's like all stairs like there's this thing is like 500 stairs uh, maybe that's part of the torture though someone's eternal torture is they have to carry, have to carry like 50 loaves of In bread fact, up a food bunch of stairs to the top. <laughs> <laughs> before it gets that's cold funny. or else he'll yeah. kick you out of the tower and you gotta do it again <laughs> yeah it's not well it's not well thought out uh Unless there's like a dumb waiter somewhere that they didn't mention, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I like the, I like the uh, bait and switch with the lich and Anova though. That's cool. Um, there's a specter's lair, a death knight's lair. Uh, there's a false sort of cost here apparently that is worth a shit ton of money. Um, and then we finally get to the black tower, which is Vecna's actual like lair inside the palace um anything leading up to this that we should mention is super crib um the super crib picking through my notes yeah, it's yeah. just so much text with it's just development <laughs> is what's everywhere <laughs> there's just a section marked staircase and there's like 10 paragraphs <laughs> i know you're like oh geez <laughs> get through That's it funny. um <clears throat> Yeah, this is, uh, there's a reason this is 162 pages. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> of just pure text. 
Yeah. Not um, a good reason, but. No, but yeah, I don't see anything. We're probably gonna see something gigantic, but we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a lady's right sitting room chamber. There's different chambers of like Vecna parts. So there's chamber of the heart, chamber of the hand, chamber of the eye, um, chamber of the voice. There's a cool picture with a eyeball dude. What is? Love he? that guy. That's my favorite monster. The eye, unique flesh golem, servant of Vecna. Oh, cool. Love that guy. Just a giant guy made of eyes. <laughs> I like the. This picture is really good, actually. It um, is. Where's more more artwork, please? Yeah. There's a forbidden library because, of course, there is. Um, in Vecna's private rooms, there's a sword called Oathmaker, which is stupidly overpowered. Looks like um, you have to make a saving throw if you're not lawful good alignment or else you take 3d20 points of electric damage <laughs> just for touching it. Um, so then you die. And then uh, the sword, it's an um, intelligent weapon, So it, uh, and it also allows the caster to use spell-like effects twice per day, knock, no alignment, dispel magic, hold person, teleport without error. So it's pretty, pretty good. Um, it has a note at the very bottom, which is my favorite. Any sensible DM reading the above is probably having a fit right now, thinking of the staggering amount of magical treasure that the heroes are about to gather. Don't worry about it. Read Area 72 and all will become clear. Let the heroes have some fun before the part, this part of the adventure ends. It won't hurt. And <laughs> they say that because all of these weapons are going to disappear in like very quickly. <laughs> Just a shame. I, I know. Yeah. It's a real bummer. But... Uh, I think you can use Oathmaker to beat that uh, golem pretty easily because okay. it says if you use Dispel Magic on him, he turns into a giant heap of eyes for one d four rounds. <laughs> so you can you can honestly just Dispel Magic on him and then just squish all the eyeballs. Nice, so squish them real quick. <laughs> uh, and then we get to Vecna's throne room. Uh, finally, a set of double doors set back within an archway that resembles giant snakes leads to this chamber. The doors are oddly enough unadorned as the party approaches a strange whirring sound that grows ever louder can be heard from within. Under normal circumstances, this chamber is almost identical to the entry hall into the palace, except that it is somewhat smaller. Um, as soon as the party pushes through the doors, the last battle of this portion of Die, Vecna, Die begins. And then we see this final confrontation, which is really just a big cutscene featuring Ayus fighting Vecna in like this wizard duel. Um, there are a bunch of ogre warriors in this room that just kind of stare in disbelief and like watch the battle happening. They don't even really notice the party coming in. Um, Ayus has the real sort of Vecna here. There's another spider throne, which I'm assuming like works similarly to the one in in the first floor. And yeah, because it says he has. It says the Vecna has complete omnipotence over what's happening. Okay, that or no, sense. omnipresence over what's happening. So he knows exactly what's happening everywhere. Gotcha. So he knows exactly what the party's doing. And I think up until this point, at the beginning, it said the reason that his uh, his more impressive lieutenants were like gone and mm-hmm. his cronies were the only ones left is because he wanted uh, this to happen. Like He right. wanted the heroes and he wanted Ayus to come up here and they he wanted them to get to him. Yeah. Uh, what really bothers me story-wise is the fact that Ayus and the ogres are up here and no one else in the Pals of Vecna seems all that concerned that yeah. they've been invaded nope. <laughs> by someone who's trying to kill their god. They, they're just like... This okay, is just where... 
Just don't touch anything. <laughs> this is where Vecna's plan doesn't make a lot of sense to me because his whole thing is like he's luring Ayus into this trap by making the ascent like sort of challenging, but like not too challenging. Like he's some weird dungeon master coordinating all this stuff and like so he's like letting these NPCs and the adventurers come up here, but it's really like there's no point in it because he can just he takes care of Ayus so easily and the sword like breaks as soon as I use attacks him with it. Um, uh, he says, uh, you were always feeble-minded and weak. You inherited your father's brains and scope of vision, and it shows, but now you will pay the price for your arrogance and stupidity. And then he touches him. Uh, uh, Vecna touches I use, and he, tur- he like bursts into flames, and uh, Vecna absorbs him like Majin Buu style and gains all of his power. And uh, that's the end of I use, pretty much. Um and even if the party has, like, the Hand of Vecna and the Sword of Kass, whoever attacks Vecna, Vecna, uh, like, it actually works. That's the only thing that damages him. But then Vecna immediately just, like, uh, plunges them into a dark abyss that never ends. So, like, effectively just killing that character on the spot. So there's really no way to get through here without, like, Vecna winning at least this part of the adventure. Um, just really... I don't know if it would be like if it would work for me in the moment. Uh, they, this is really heavily scripted. Um, not like it's railroading to the point where it's like it really is just one of those moments where the DM is just reading to you for minutes, um, telling you Which what, what's going on. Super work. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so really either. <laughs> uh, I, I wish... think what would be better. Um, yeah. I was kind of. Oh, wait, what were you going to say? I wish the party had some amount of choice in, like, what's going on here, or maybe, like, they barely got here um, and, like, didn't have... Like, they barely got here uh, too late, and, like, Vecna was already gone and had killed Ayus or something. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I was thinking it would be cool to expand the throne room not mm-hmm. even have this really be a throne room. Um, I'd probably redo the entire top and yeah. play this out as a final confrontation of Vecna's personal like bodyguard and stuff versus Ayuz's forces, and then they're dueling off in the distance. Yeah, that would be And cool. then you have to kind of, like, based on the decisions you made, either everything's hostile to you, you're with Ayuz's forces, and then... Before you can get over there, you can do all the scripted stuff where I use dies, and there's nothing you can really do to stop it because he mm-hmm. just grabs them randomly. Like if any of the party members get too close, you just skip to the part where I use dies, and yeah. then if any of the, and then you can have the. I think that you would probably want to show him killing one of I use's forces that way before mm-hmm. you do it to one of the players. Like have an ogre go up and yeah, try to kill him, and he like. Ogre comes up, tries to smash him with a hammer, and he just like puts his hand up and grabs the hammer out of the air, and then like right. plunges his fist into the ogre's stomach, and the ogre like just dies instantly. And you're like, okay, right. don't mess with him. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like I just, I feel like it's it's kind of like an instant death trap that feels kind of cheap because you've been told yeah. this whole yeah. time that the sword is what can hurt him, and it can hurt him, and it can kill him, but it, it, it's, it's still no use. It's scripted to have you die. If that yeah. Happens. So it's like it's it's really. I don't think it's a fair. I I think that you have yeah. to kind of have fair traps, and that's not a very fair one. But yeah, I mean, anyway. like he is a basically a full god at this point. But um, 
like if I were a party member and I had the hand and the uh, uh, the sword, I would totally try to attack him before he left because he's like the entire reason that we're here. And it feels like this could be this the climactic end of the adventure, right? But there's actually another third of this whole thing that we have to get to. So he has to escape and conveniently teleport the party along with him to Sigil, which is where we're going next in Planescape. Um, but as soon as they get teleported, all those awesome items like uh, Oathmaker disappear. Um, so the party doesn't have access to those anymore. And uh, Vecna just leaves. He's like, I'm done here. The godlings who played at rulership here will trouble me no more. And this reality is but one of many that will be destroyed in but moments. It has always been my destiny to be the master of all that is, was, or will be. With the aid of the serpent, I will undo what has been and is now, and I shall master all that will be. You no longer concern me. Farewell, heroes. We will not meet again. Um, it is kind of like a bait and switch where, like, earlier on in the adventure, the party members, I think, were just chasing Ayus, and then it turns out that Vecna was, like, the real mastermind the whole time. But I don't know how well that really works either uh, in practice. So, uh, yeah, I think this ending is kind of goofy, but it's... It's entertaining to read, at least. Exactly. <laughs> entertaining to read, but... Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it would be entertaining, though. Yeah, I really want to find somebody that's done, that's, like, either played through this or done a playthrough of this and, re- like, even recorded it, because I think it would be super interesting to talk to them and see how well this worked. Uh, I'm really, like, skeptical whether, like, someone has actually finished this entire thing. I know. it's so long <laughs> and scripted, but... Uh, I know. I'm I mean, right there people have... People have played through Tomb of Annihilation on stream, so or uh, Temple Temple yeah, Tomb, of, Tomb of Annihilation is right. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. Um, like Roll Twenty played through all of Tem- Tomb of Annihilation, and that's like really long. But uh, that's more like a wilderness thing, and this is like pretty linear. You're just you're generally going exactly where this adventure wants, wants you, to, you go. to go. Um, yeah. I don't know. So. But, uh, I don't know. What do you think compared to the first part? Do you like this part better? Does it Um, work overall? (laughs) It's definitely... I don't know. It's almost like... It's almost like apples and oranges, honestly. Mm -hmm. They're vastly different. Yeah. In, like, pace and atmosphere. Because I... I, The first one almost feels like a classic old school... I call it a bumbling adventure where you're just trying not to die you're just yeah. bumbling around you don't know what's gonna happen next you walk through a portal and you're in space you walk through the next one and you're fighting a dragon like right you're underwater you're getting killed by mind flare ropers like it's just your classic what's gonna happen next type thing and then this one is more of a it, it really does feel like a um like curse of strad type story adventure where there's That's a lot true. of there's a lot of like npcs and things happening, but it almost isn't enough because it, it feels it feels like it wants to be a campaign setting with the amount yeah. of like detail it goes into on certain things that I feel is going to be a hundred percent lost on the players that only the DM <laughs> will ever know because there's so much text that's like this is why this is happening. But unless the players ask, like they could walk up and there you could run into an NPC that has a very important information about the story mm-hmm. and then the players could be like oh it's a zombie i want to smash it yeah hammer and then it's gone and you're like well, okay <laughs> there goes the story <laughs> well yeah. there goes the story it's like in morrowind when you kill an npc and it's like you've completely ruined this 
continue on quest line. Start yeah. over, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it almost feels like that. Like, which yeah. is cool because that's a good old school vibe. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't know if that translates well to modern players with their poor attention spans. And yeah, I mean, back then you didn't have like a phone to distract you. You literally all you had to do was just <laughs> sit there and like putz around and try to get through this adventure. But now you, I think you have to kind of keep the modern audience in mind. Yeah, it's too bad because this is very. I mean, it's a sweet adventure with all sorts of cool stuff happening. But I feel like it would be lost on most people. Yeah, this is this is really tough to get through for a modern party. I think I, I don't think it. I think I don't think it aged well. But I do yeah. think that you could modernize it. I think that it yeah. has good. It's got good bones. It's like an old house. It's got good structure, <laughs> but it just needs a fresh coat of paint. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I was playing through this in a game like Baldur's Gate 2, I think I, I would have a blast going through it. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, but I, I just think that linear linearity is kind of thing that people don't like as much anymore. Yeah, um, And this true. is pretty linear. You're really point A into point B. And there's a lot of stuff you can look at along the way, but it doesn't really have any consequence to the end result. The end result yeah. is always the same, regardless of what you did leading up to that point and like what it's is like, it's what is there really to stop the party from going from like the first floor all the way to the fifth floor like immediately and just not exploring very much like it, there's a couple gates along the way like that guy that's like who is our dark lord haha and you just answer and keep going but like it doesn't exactly seem like, yeah you really don't need to there's no like puzzles to solve or yeah like keys to obtain you kind of just walk up to the top <laughs> <laughs> if you want to yeah you really so this, this section could be really short honestly honestly yeah you, you could take the street level skip yeah. all because like i think if you take the street level like if you take the sewers you mm-hmm. run into a bunch of ghouls if you take the street level you just walk along and like nothing maybe nothing happens because right all the encounters can be dealt with without, without combat if you're just like <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> i'm good and then you walk along and then nice. you walk inside and just don't touch anything. And you Go take the stairs. The <laughs> <laughs> just take Jeez. the long way up. You're good. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So if we were, yeah, if we were going to run this, we'd have to make some some changes, I think. But uh, yeah, I think I would definitely add some. I because oh, I mean the stinking learning hall is just right for puzzles. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Puzzle. There's so much weird stuff that could happen in there that. I would probably expand some of those mm-hmm. spell rooms because it just sounds like there could be something cool in there. Like, I wonder if there was like a magical item you could get that's like, why is there like yeah. wind constantly blowing? Maybe there's something in there that's constantly blowing wind that like uh, does so much like force damage and especially against like skeletons or skeletal undead. Because mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense because there's just a bunch of skeletons on the ground that can't exactly. stand up. Just little things like that, or like the earth one's full of battered zombies. So like. Maybe there's like special things you could find that would make it easier to fight those things as you go up hmm. if you do end up fighting them. But just random That'd thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should try to modernize this and see if we can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'd be able to get it into like, I don't know what edition. Maybe, I mean, we could try fifth, but I don't know if that would work. Yeah, I don't know what like wizards would say yeah. about like converting something like this. I know you can do conversions for old adventures on dm's guild but i think you like you can't like rewrite an entire thing you just have to have like notes of like stat blocks and um i don't know how much you can actually alter the material otherwise uh yeah we'd have to look into that i think this would be like pretty easy to convert to uh fifth edition though like most of the monsters are 
like in the new edition and stuff there's exactly you just have to add some more save versus death save versus paralyzation type and just have stuff. like save birth intelligence save yes yeah. yeah whatever yeah 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 i think that that's probably a good idea yeah i don't know we could we can try it if we ever get ambitious <laughs> yeah yeah we'll <laughs> try see. To update this monster i think it'd be tough to convince uh, most parties that are unfamiliar with this kind of thing to do like a high level adventuring campaign, like and just jump right into it, I think it'd be very tough. But it'd be, I, I think agree. it'd be fun to run. So, yeah, I don't my know. Ran, my my one thought I had while reading this is, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anything on it, so maybe you know, is there a hierarchy of undead like there are demons and devils? Do you know? Uh, I, know that there's, I know that there's intelligent undead and things like that, and there's like obviously more powerful ones. But I was I was trying to think if there was a. I don't think that there's like a. These undead are the the cronies for this uh, undead who are the lieutenants for this type of undead. No, I don't think so. I think that's kind of how like bugbears and goblins and hobgoblins work and like kobolds. Um, but I don't think generally undead yeah, work like just, that. I just thought it would be. I thought that that would be an interesting mm. campaign setting where mm-hmm. there was like two different types of undead that were fighting for like supremacy or something, and you had like specters and wraiths were on the opposite sides because mm-hmm. they fight each other in like the incorporeal realm or whatever, and like zombies and skeletons. So you could like team up with the zombies or team up with the skeletons. That'd be <laughs> and sweet. Have a skeleton party member who doesn't talk but it just does a lot of prat falls head falls off all the time <laughs> oh that's funny if you were like in this demi plane of dread yeah. and you weren't evil but you were like acting evil so that you could <laughs> like maybe try to like find a, an artifact or something that you had to destroy mm-hmm. so you had to team up with one side or the other anyway that was just random thought i was having all <laughs> oh, <that'd> be cool <laughs> good idea for this setting too um so yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for book two. And next time we'll be wrapping up this adventure finally with book three, The City of Doors, uh, set in Sigil of Planescape, which is another um, classic Forgotten Realm, well, uh, classic D&D setting, and um, the setting from Planescape Torment as well. And it'll be cool to see how this wraps up and what happens to Vecna. And uh, if the design-wise, I feel like this is this was like weaker than the beginning. So it's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the the last part and um, uh, NPCs that show up and stuff. So uh, we'll talk about that in like uh, a month after you get back from Europe and after we're after I've let's see E three is actually in June. So. Uh, we might have to record this like the first week of June, like next time the first week of June, because I'm gone pretty much all the second week of June, and then uh, yeah, and we I, could do that. I'm working on moving too. In uh, where are you moving? Beginning of June, uh, just like a few blocks away. So oh, it's, okay. it's a it's a bigger place though. It's got two bedrooms. It'll be nice. Uh, so um, living that upgrade life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if we don't get to it in the middle of June, then we'll get to it at the end of June. Um, so you guys have plenty of time to read up uh, the rest of this It'll adventure. It'll probably take me that long to get through the rest of it. Yeah, me too. I'll, I'll try and make an effort to actually you know, read more of this text to, to get through more of it. Um, at least uh, the interesting parts. Um, if I read a page a day, I'll be done in three months. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Uh 
so yeah next time we'll do book three and uh until then you guys can help us spread the word about the podcast you can follow us uh at mall podcast on twitter you can email us at masters of adventure at gmail.com you can find the podcast on soundcloud and itunes and uh your other podcatchers of choice um you can make sure to tell people about us tell your friends tell your enemies tell your your parents uh we would love that uh if we got more feedback because we we always try to read the feedback at the top of the show we just haven't gotten a lot of it so far but that would be great um we did talk about maybe having them answer a question uh to encourage people to send in more emails so is there a good question you have off the top of your head (laughs) i'm putting Uh, what did we do last time what was your favorite or what was your first experience with uh I think that was our. How about, oh, did what we was, ask something? Yeah. What was what was your first adventure? Like what 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 was the storyline of the first okay. adventure? And if you didn't, if it's not the first adventure you ever played, uh, mm-hmm. what's the what was the storyline of the first adventure you ever wrote when you were years old and you were writing on graph paper in study hall instead of studying? <laughs> As we all did. As yes. we all did. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be great to hear those stories, and uh, we'll we'll share our own or expand on them even more if you guys send in some emails. Uh, that'd be great, and you guys can review us too. That would be great if uh, leave a whatever amount of stars you deem worthy, and uh, leave some uh, nice or mean or whatever comments. Uh, we take everything. So um, until next time, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Oh yeah, um, I haven't checked this podcast out. Oh yeah, podcast out. But on the way to get uh, my wife's finals week of grad school pizza, I was listening mm-hmm. to NPR and Tim Ferriss was on there, and he writes these like pseudo self help books. But one of them was about getting over your fears, and it reminded me of like the of like having writers block a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a podcast just about being the best to you and i think that can apply both to like your artistic endeavors and to adventure design if you're having trouble uh like really digging into stuff like i often do um his podcast is just called the tim ferris show if you ever look it up but his uh his books were talking about looking at your fears as um i think it was like defining what your fear is and then trying to figure out uh like what could possibly go wrong so really it was like i I would liken it to journaling basically but if you're having writer's block or anxiety about not being good enough or Mm -hmm. just kind of some self-esteem problems with this type of stuff i encourage you to check out uh like either tim ferris's books or i'm sure his podcast is great if it's anything like this five minute thing i heard on npr i felt very inspired (laughs) afterwards so i can't imagine what an hour can do (laughs) nice i will definitely check that out um But I think that's uh, all for us today. So, um, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.